stories told of a group of people smuggling themselves over the border. Amongst this group, there are three subcategories, three subcategories. There were those who had, you know, never done this type of thing before, looking for a little extra parnasa. Some who had gone back and forth many times. And there were the guys arranging, the arrangers that were old hands at smuggling across the border. This wasn't a friendly border. Not, we're not talking the United States and Canada here. Okay, so the first group that had never done this before is a new new engagement in black market type things. A month before, six weeks before, two months before, really from the time they made the decision, they're wringing their hands, they can't sleep at night, they're so nervous, they could hardly eat. What if something goes wrong? What if we get caught? What if we get caught on this side? What if we get caught on that side? What if they ask the questions? The second group that was used to passing over the border, they're a little more in control. They've done it before. But as they get closer to the border, they also get really nervous. And the seasoned smugglers, even as they got really close to the border, are super cool. But as they really got, you know, right there, even those super cool very used to it smugglers started to wonder, do we make all the arrangements, is it the right timing, etc. So there's only one group who wasn't nervous at all. The story is from a hundred years ago. Which group wasn't nervous at all? You know who wasn't nervous at all? The horses. The horses weren't nervous at all. Yeah? So that's brought as a muscle for this period. Their tzaddikim, righteous people, conscious people, alive people, human beings that are thinking about a judgment for months and weeks before. I go to someone from our own generation who lived a few moments away, 10 minutes, 15 minutes by car. I go on a Kaddish from Moshe Tversky's, a tzaddik and a Talmud Chacham Otsum, really maybe even a future God of Yisrael. Maybe already was a God of Yisrael. Died young, unfortunately. So he used to tell his family, it's a hundred days until Rosh Hashanah. It's a hundred days before, he used to say. It's a hundred days until Rosh Hashanah. That was awareness. People were, in the Jewish street, the way it's described, were aware. I related in the Shemuz before that Rafunder said when he was a boy in Slomensk that to say a joke during Elul, in Elul was like uh, saying a joke at a Levi at a funeral. It's not funny. I'll share a few examples of earlier generations, how they were. So this is this is brought from Rav Moshe Sternbuch. Also happens to live in Harnov, uh, one of the Gedol, the head of the of the Eidah Haredes. It was written Svarim B'chol Chelkei Torah. So he quoted. I says he remembers how Rav Lopian, a famous Mashkiach, would start the beginning of his Shmuzim and say, before he would speak on Rosh Hashanah, he used to say, "We're this many days until Rosh Hashanah." Then he quotes his mother. He says, I remember my mother would tell me that in, when she was younger in Minsk, that the Shamish was more the Tzibur. Each there was a certain person, like a Vakar. He called him, she was still a Vakar, a Waker. We have that here? A Waker? Who's that? Shoei, right? So show this what you got to say tomorrow morning. Yeah? So during Elul, his mother said, she would say, during Elul, he would make a nice, called Kumula Avodasabore. Dafkin Elo, he says, get, get up, get up, get up, get up for God worship. And then he quotes from the Briskarov, who is around, the Velvo, Kishaiti to Moran, 
the Moti Shabbos, he was once there, Moti Shabbos, well, young Bachram all used to go to see the Briskarov. You know, the great Ramosh Shapiro considered himself a Talmud or a Briskarov from hanging around five years at Havdalah. That was enough for the Ramosh Shapiro to make himself. You, can, you want to know how great the Briskarov was? Ramosh Shapiro, who the whole world shakes in front of today, is Torah goes with Sofa at Sofa. He considered himself a Talmud, and a really Mamisha Talmud, and a lot of things, so the Briskarov, more than the Chazanish, because of those Moti Shabbos, and we used to watch the Briskarov make Havdalah and things like that. And if you got a few crumbs, that was enough. So he said, I heard from him, Shamati Mipiv, to say to himself quietly many times, some of Mipachtachav, sorry, my, 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 from fear, my, my, my skin is, I don't even know how to translate, Mishpatech, you're racing, I'm scared. That's the Briskarov was saying to himself. And finally, I heard another time, Mishnah says from Maran, from the Briskarov, before Rosh Hashanah, he said, he already doesn't have any tam to eat. And so, so, so aware, so awake. And that's not popular talk today. Let's get that singing, you know. Ah, no, no, yeah. I know, I know. It's our both like. So in Misa, this is how Sadiqim were, this is how the earlier generations were. But let's talk to us. Uh, what can we do? At least we shouldn't be horses, huh? We shouldn't be horses. Right? If, if the horses, the ones that get to something, aren't even aware. See like this. The horses don't feel anything. Now, even if it's really hard for us to really feel a little sense of urgency or judgment, but we can still not be horses even if we're not truly moved. And that's to be intelligent. See? The horses, even if you explain it to them, they won't even take any actions. Right? You won't see any reaction on their face. Anybody wants to see, like, you watch the video, uh, Grizzly Man at the end. You know, but it hurts, so you see this guy thought he's connecting to the bears until one of them ate him. You know, animals don't connect. You know, the only thing the bears ever looked at is Mishung about with whether he was a good meal or not, and one of them decided eventually he was. And that was the end of the, that was the end of the documentary. Sir Bosar. <laughs> so level one is to be really moved, and our people still in our generation are moved. You know, moved by by a reality that, that a judgment is coming. People are moved by your judgments. But even if you're not really moved, you cannot be a fool. Hmm? I have a judgment in court, let's say, well, like, well, Lena, of $100,000. Now, for some reason, I don't know, something's wrong with me. I'm just like, you know, I'm not saying like, it doesn't move you? No, I'm cool. Is 100000 big money to you? Oh, it's very big money. So you're not moved? No, I'm not moved. Why? I can't explain it. I'm, I'm, something's wrong with me. Okay, now, but Lamaisa, I'm at least going to prepare myself the way someone who was moved would do. Everybody see the second level? That's critical for understanding as we continue. So, Rabosai, so let's prepare together a little bit. Shana's a week away. And let's think. If we were moved, and if we did have a judgment against us, the smartest thing we could do would be to understand how the judge worked and get him to be merciful and not to look at us so closely, right? So, people get close to judges. Some people get close to lawyers because of things like this. And the truth is, believe it or not, the Torah and Chazal have given us keys of how judgment works. And we can use those keys for our benefit. To help ourselves, we'll share four ideas. But there really, there's a whole sefer written about this topic, which I haven't learned. But here's here's four ideas that we can take with us. One, listen to this. Chazal tell us, Someone has compassion on the creatures, on humanity. He will have divine mercy if you have rachmanut. If you're merciful, Hashem will be merciful to you. Now, 
I'm not sure why this fell out of popularity today, right? It's such a Jewish thing to say, Oi. You know, we come so used to hearing difficulties today from so many sides that it's just like, Oh yeah, what else is new? Past the cottage cheese. Shlomo Zaman Orbach, almost uh, beloved Gaonim, someone had Rebbeim the Yeshiva Shaychas to, Shailas were many ashes, Shailas were asked to, an unforgettable Kosek in Gaon, had a tremendous Ashpon over Yushalayim here. So he used to say a story about the famous Baruch Tam, or Baruch Tomu Frankel, who was himself uh, one of the Gaoni Olam, and he was the father in law of the famous Derechaim. And one of his sons had become engaged. And right around the time he became engaged, the water carrier, the simple water carrier in the town became sick. Okay. And the Rav, the Baruch Tam, was, he was beside himself, concerned about the water carrier. He was always saying Yiddish, Osman, she wasn't, he wasn't there. And the Kala and her family came, and they found the Baruch Tam in this agitated state. What's going to be with the water carrier? And it was, you know, at the initial meetings. And the Kala turned to her illustrious father-in-law to be and said, you know, I understand you daven for him. I understand you daven for him. But does he be so moved because of the water carrier? Like what? What's going on? What was the Baruch Tam's reaction to your question? You know what he did? He broke the shidduch. This is not for our family. Such a person who can't appreciate that I'm moved about another Jew, a simple Jew's fate. And I think the difficulty for us today, I'm trying to penetrate into our world 2022 a little bit, so please open your hearts and your minds a little bit and think whether you agree with me. See, we are as people, it's an interesting thing, getting less and less truly emotional. At the same time, the world is training us to be more selfish and more crybaby-like. And to realize, to be truly emotional in a Torahic way, we have to get past that and get over the counterfeit what do you mean I'm not emotional? I get offended all the time. <laughs> Someone just looks at me the wrong way, I'm offended. I'm emotional. No. Do you get moved by a piece of music? By beauty? A sunset? A good piece of Torah? Is there epis? Someone home? Inside? Not just in here. In here. Another obstacle, which I've come to realize, to having Rachmanut is that we're very growth-oriented people today. Numbers-oriented, right? I read a phenomenal thing in a secular book one time. He said that everybody agrees on one thing today. You know, the world really used to split on big topics. Everybody agrees with one thing. Growth is good. More is better. Communists, capitalists, fascists, pacifists, the West, the East, Democrats, Republicans, United Arab, Arab Emirates, Syria, everybody wants to be bigger, bigger, more national product, that, those, that's more, that works, right? We're producing more, we're getting more, we're selling faster, we're exiting better. So in that mindset, Rahmanus isn't a value. What's the growth in that? You felt, you didn't feel. That's not, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't weigh in today's currency. It's not going to change sales, or how many human you make. Or how many people you have over for Shabbos? I'm a producer. I'm a numbers man. We're growing. We have more. So we see we're both saying Judaism. It's a deep value, this idea of Rahmanis. In fact, it is one of the factors, right, that the Gemara Yuvamas tells us, that that defines a Yid. There are three things the Gemara says. We have a sense of embarrassment. We do chesed for each other. And we have Rahmanu. We have compassion. And in fact, 
The Gemara lists this because it says certain game from a certain nation, the Gibbonites, who didn't express compassion, were not fit to be converts because of the slack in them. So this is deeply Jewish, to the extent that someone who has it is shayachtas, and someone who doesn't have it, we don't want them to be part of us. So how do we connect to this a little bit in this time of truth before your Rosh Hashanah? So I think we have to work on those two roots in our mind and our hearts. First, we have to search in ourselves for true emotion generally, right? And deep relationships. Not that just the counterfeit stuff and reorient ourselves out of this thinking, right? And we have to know that numbers are important, but not only numbers are important, not to be so moved by numbers all the time, not just to be moved by growth, to look for real values and realize this is a small yeshiva. It's valuable. So this is a good example of a not wicked idea, but an alien idea which seeps in, and if we don't watch how we're thinking, it takes us over in a very natural way. Everything's about numbers. Everything's about growth. That's all we hear everywhere. Rachmanus doesn't mean growth. What, what did I affect? What did I change? No, 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 no. Call Marachim al-Abridas, Marachim al And specifically, that's the first uh, reprogramming we need to do a little bit. On another lower bow site, what's, what Revolve used to say, and he's talking, Bali Musa speak a lot, about a lot, is to stop and use imagery. You have to sometimes stop and imagine. Imagine. What is someone going through? And imagine, think about it. Imagine what it's like for someone who Loa Lena is desperately wants children. This one goes to the park, and she's all the happy mothers swinging their beautiful children. He joins his family for Pesach and has to see his brothers and brother proudly teaching the children the Haggadah and keep up his smiling not to hurt his father and his mother who are crying inside for him. Imagine it. Imagine it. That's, that's Rachmanus, to take yourself out. That's called being Nosei Bolom Chavero. Where's our heart, our love? Giving that crest, oh, I feel bad. What can you do? I can't do something. But that's Jewish. That's what we are as people. Things bother us. We're moving. We can't always affect all change. We can't change the world all the time. But at least we're moving. And now, what we learned about today, that if we if we can engender in ourselves this me, there'll be a, uh, a, a, a powerful remedy for the for the judgment will be on it, because as it says, call Marachim Hashem says, Oh, you have Rachmanas on my people? I'll have Rachmanas on you. I'll overlook that. You feel bad about people? I'll feel bad for you. That's the first thing. Okay? Next thing of our four is the idea of being what we call Ma'avir Amidosa. Let's call it generally letting go of grudges. And the Gemara tells us, I believe it's the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, right? Call Ma'avir Amidosa, Ma'avir Shav. Someone who lets go of his grudges, lets go of his kindness on other people, Hashem will let go of his kindness on you. What a deal! Hakpada grudges. Mishra Salanta writes, the founder of the Muslim movement, that the Avi Avas Atuma is Gaiva, haughtiness, and the Avatuma, one of them is Hakpada, grudges. You're not, I'm not an angry guy, I'm not a hateful guy. You just have a lot of grudges. Guess what? Rabbi Salanta says that's called an Av Hatuma, father of, of spiritual impurity, right? I'm very careful. I don't let my eyes go. My mouth doesn't say anything right. Only a kosher, the best achsherim, right? Good. But you're, an, uh, you're connected to an avatum if you're a grudge, grudge-oriented person. Rashi explains in Rosh Hashanah. And Rabbi Salanta says, it says, you know, our relationship has to be the grudges. Excuse me. It's like, has to be like chametz on Pesach. Bal yei ro'a, bal I want nothing to do with it. 
And Rabbi Shol says further, I was close to Al-Kol at Stodim, and I found nothing, nothing good about it. Now, Rabbi Salanter had a head like a deep blue computer. When he says he really thought about it, it means he really thought about it. He's thinking about that situation where you think he didn't mean what I had. No, no, no. He said, it doesn't help you at all. Holding on to, you have to deal with grudges. You have to talk to people sometimes. We spoke about that on Shabbos. I spoke about that at the return of learning. It doesn't mean just let go. Sometimes you have to talk to people. You have to confront, whatever. But the, to think that your grudges are helping you or anybody, it's a terrible mistake. The greatest mind, one of the greatest minds and hearts of the last generation has taught us that. Doesn't does nothing for anybody, especially the person who has the grudge. He's not specific to be judge, judgment-oriented to those who do bad by him. And he lets go of his midot. He lets go of his, of his judgment system. And then, Hashem will also, so Midas said, "Then won't look so. You're not so specific with people. You're not so judgmental with them. You let go if someone offends you. Hashem will let go of your of, of, of his problems with you." They're both saying, Rashi might be saying something like this. You know, we all evaluate things, and I want to give it the proper perspective. And it's good we evaluate things because we all have systems and midot that we develop, and we need those things, right? Let's say your person comes on time. That's a great midah. That's a tremendous midah, right? Amazing me to come on time. Uh, it gives cover to people. It, it's, it's efficient. It's orderly, right? But now, but because of that, when someone doesn't come on time, we judge him and we see a, 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 a time on him. You're not coming on time. I come on time. That's natural. But to let go of your midot means to say, I come on time, and he has some reason he doesn't come on time. If I could talk to him, you could talk to him. If you can't talk to him, you let it go. I want to tell you a personal story I had, which really showed me this once. You know. I'm not so great on the phone, you know, I'm part of the new generation. Email, WhatsApp, etc. When I answer, when I can't answer, I answer. But I was trying to get in turn, touch with a certain person by email. I was going on one of my trips to the yeshiva, and a certain person I wanted to meet, and somewhere in mid-America. And for weeks I was trying to get him. Answer my email. Now, I would have definitely answered that email five times over by that time. You know, it takes me a few days sometimes, but I get to my emails, we know. That's a meet of mine, I try to answer emails. And I had no idea what to do, you know. And I didn't know the person well. I don't think I'd ever met him. And I'm trying to get him. And, you know, make the trip. Don't make the trip. This, this. Finally, I said, you know what? Go the old way. Pick up the phone. I pick up the phone. He answered. Okay, that was no big ticket. I start talking to him. I didn't say anything negative, obviously. Within 30 seconds, he was so warm to me. And so happy that I was coming. And he says, you're staying in my house. And wherever it was. And it was a blow, a blow away moment for me. Because I don't invite people to my house who come to Jerusalem, right? I answer emails, but he does this. You see, everybody's got their thing that they're better at. Everybody's got their thing that they're worse at. We have things that we're good at, things that we're bad at. And he had a beautiful ma'ala. What an accepting way to, what a way to treat someone who's coming to your town out of nowhere. You're staying in my house. Yeah, they didn't stay in his house, but that's a different point. <laughs> that's a story on its own for another time. That was an interesting visit. Okay. So we'll say there are two agencies, but what do we do practically, right? So, so one is to just try to let go. At the same time that you hold on to your evaluations, those now I say, oh, you know what? So I shouldn't answer emails either, right? Because I'll just no, that's me. Me, the way I built myself, whatever it is, is it's good to answer emails. Am I right? Yeah, I'm right. He doesn't. Okay, but just to let go a little bit. 
realize he has good meat that you don't have. And he has Milo and she has Milo that you don't have. And we always focus on where we're good and we're always impressed by the negativity of other people. But that's what causes us to have grudges because they're not that. And maybe that's what Rashi's saying. To let go of your Mida, right, and not be medactic on him and see his nice things. And when we do that, Hashem will let go of his Khalil Kasanas. But the second eight is from the great Mashkiach Revolva. So listen to this. Of course, Revolva writes a lot about this, Kedarku B'Kodesh, and he writes this. How do I make myself to be a person who doesn't get the grudges on people? Hello? Someone who's fully grudged, his life isn't life. You walk around, this one's doing enough of this, this one this, she, this, that, him, her, my boss, my employer, my, my friend, my mother, my, my sister, Right? Some people they spend their whole they spend their whole senior years just reviewing tainus. You know, who does be enough today? You go to Florida, certain places. Okay, who didn't come today? Uh, my son. Uh, uh, last week my daughter didn't come. My nephew's not in touch. This one's not in touch. You spend the whole time. Uh, that's life. Ich. How do you get out of it? How do we get out of it? Says Rebbe. Mida achas yeshna. There's one mida. Shemisha nicha ba'ena kaptan. If you got it, you won't be a kaptan. Anybody can guess? Mida zohi b'dicha sadas. Lightheartedness. And if you feel all humor, humor, not slapstick, you know, all the foolish humor today, just make fun of things that are not clean. That's not humor, we'll say. All means being lighthearted, geschmack, not so stiff as a person. Say a good word, turn over a phrase, being witty. That's what, that gets you out of that, because then these things happen, you deflect it. You can't wait, okay. Right? That, that lightheartedness. Zumidish, look at it. I mean, you have to really appreciate Revolva. Every word is so bedictic. The meat of humor gives a person um, mercifulness on those who have a difficult time. Forgiveness to those who are not so smart. You see the mistakes. A good comedian knows how to pick up on real mistakes. Not stupid things like a woman doesn't have her hair. Russia. I can see what's wrong with people, but I don't put down their whole essence. Okay, but you see it. It goes above difficult situations. Wisdom and love are all connected. Okay, that's humor. That's an... That's a, a second idea. Now, you have to know there's enormous spiritual power. There are many, many stories about this. People had a very difficult time, and then someone let go, and then they down for them, etc. You know, it's true stories. Besides being a great aid for our personal life. So before we get to the next thing, I want to quote the Tzaddik of Tzimayr, one of the true Tzaddik of our generation, Tzimayr Zilberberg. He says, you know, we often get offended because we think someone meant badly. He meant badly. You know, he did this, she did this, he meant badly. So Tzimayr says, no one means anything today. Nobody means anything. What are you being offended about? It's a weak door. I'll say it my way, bro. We're not smart enough to really be offensive. You know what I mean? You think he really meant this. You know? He doesn't mean anything. No one means anything. He came late. I think he means something. He's not thinking. No one's thinking. No one's this. He used to be a good gazunta rishayim. That's like one of the Zionists said, you know, we wanted to make a door of Abi Kors. We made a door of Amaratzim. We thought we were, you know, no one's anybody. Who, who, you think she's not smart enough. No, no, he didn't mean it. She didn't mean it. No one means anything. Don't get so offended. So that's what the Holy Tumar says. Okay, we're both on a connected note, but that's the second thing. Okay, so number one was Rachmanis. Number two is letting go of our grudges. And third thing is an Eitzah is Donning Lekavskos, which is obviously connected. 
but uh, it stands on its own. And the Gemara tells us, Misha Danakapsos, if you judge others favorably, right, you hear the difference. One is letting go and one is judging. Someone who judges others favorably, Hashem will judge you. This is directly the point, right? First thing is, if you're half Rachmanis, Hashem will Rachmanis on you. And if you let go, Hashem will let go by you. And the third thing we're both saying is, Danakapsos, if you judge favorably, so Hashem will judge you favorably. That's how it is. Hashem Tzilcha, God acts the way we act. I like to say, Chazal talk about how to judge. Judge like this, judge like that. Both say, you know, a step before Chazal. Just stop judging. We're so full of judgments. You know? You're so full of judgment. Why are we judging people all the time? Every time someone comes in, in a second, we're judging, full of judgments. This is, this is, this. Why? Let go a little bit. And both say, it's in our best interest. I heard once from a reliable source in Alshech. Listen to this. It's a scary Alshech. It says that, lots of love, you know, there's going to be a judgment. You know that, you know? That's the thing we still talk about at the beginning. But there going to be other judgments. Guess who's going to judge? You have a basin, not just Hashem. Hashem has a basin. That's how he does things. Guess who's on the basin? You are. I'm for yourself. But here's the bad news. You don't realize you're judging yourself. But you're on the basin. Who is going to eventually judge yourself? Now, if you trained yourself in life to be someone who's not so judgmental, you will judge yourself in not such a judgmental way. But if you've been spending your whole life picking about picking people apart and being as judgmental as possible, so unfortunately you're going to do it to yourself. So it's a good answer to train yourselves for that judgment. You, you don't get it until it's too late. Okay, so both sides. And, and finally, simply, right? You know, so much of the time we don't know the facts. Even if you think you know all the facts, you just don't know, right? It says, Until you get to this place. And I feel I believe this Svasem says, you never really get to this place, right? Don't we feel that about our lackings, right? Somehow it makes sense to us. We're really good at this, and we're lacking in that. But it makes sense. We're not bad people, right? In our own minds, it makes sense. So, because, because of this, this is our big Nisayan. This is the thing that's very difficult to us. People are struggling. People are struggling today. And a taxi driver snaps you. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Who knows what losses he had today. Maybe he's getting divorced. Of course he's uptight. And learn to say, I'm wrong. You know, so much of the time, we often start with the assumption I'm always right. Right? I thought about this for 12 seconds, and I got it. I nailed down the situation. Both said we're wrong so much of the time. So if you realize you're wrong, then your judgments are wrong. We just jump to conclusions. This is what happened. It's not what happened. So both said we keep these things in mind, and I have one more thing to add. It'll be very helpful to us. But how do we remember it? Hmm? How do we remember these three things? important to keep them in mind. This is important shmuz. Right? Not because I'm saying I'm just reflecting what Chazal said. Rachmanus being mavir. So I want to give you a remez. I want to give you a hint. You know what the remez is? Remez! Rachmanus, Mavir, and Zuchus. Remez. Okay? A hint, the hint to remember the shoes is a remez. For both, I want to keep, I want to share the last few minutes of the shoes and share one other idea. The Rebereshel Amstiver. I mostly quote it from the Bali Moses. Let's quote from the one of Bali Hasidus. Rebereshel Amstiver, the son-in-law of the Sifseid Sadik, who was the brother-in-law of the Svasemis. Asked his illustrious uncle, the Helig Svasemis. Okay, so if you missed the whole name there, someone asked Svasemis this question. He said, What's a good Sefer Musa to learn during Elam? What? This was a question to the Hasidic master. What Sefer Musa should I learn during Elam? And Svasemis turned to his nephew through marriage or something like that. He said, Bereshel, they're all good. But in a certain way, Manali Biyaka is the best preparation. Money the Biyaka is a deep sugi and shots. The best thing is trying to work on Raul Bastin. Kol Shabbos. Learning. Learning deeply. That's what he said. 
right? And can bring it, this is what Sema said. That's in a certain way, this is the best preparation to bring us to the best places during these days. Both sides. The central thing we ask for in Rosh is life! We want life! What's life? What's life? Another few pizzas? What's life? New restaurant? Veranda? They put this in drinks now. You have aloe vera on the drink. <laughs> this new series, you know what I'm saying? Tehran season three. It's going to change your life this time. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Some people will die. Some people will live. Some people will get blown up. You got it! Someone will save the world. Someone will destroy the world. There it is. What's life? Lima Torah is life. Eitz Chaim Yilam Achazikim The Pasuk tells us. Torah is the truth. Eitz Chaim. Swasemah says it. Imagine going to Rosh Hashanah with full of life. It makes sense. If you're full of life, you're going to be granted more life. Right? And Rebosai, as we said, we have to know how the judge works a little bit. Let's be smart. Let's not be horses, even if we don't feel it. Let's not think like a horse. Our loving judge, Kaviachal, is wild about Torah. He's wild about Torah. Torah is called the Shashuai. A plaything. Like people play with playthings because they like it. You know what I'm saying? Why are you playing Monopoly? Don't ask that question. Why are you playing soccer? Why, when I play basketball, why do you play basketball for five hours on a Sunday? What kind of question is that? What are you asking me? Why'd you go bowling? What'd you see in it? That's what it is. It's not anything. That's a Shashua. What's Rabbi Hashem Shashua? What does he play with Kabiyah? says he plays with the Torah. Because I'll say another place, You're speaking and learning, it makes Hashem happy. But say, trust Chazal. Why? Why is another question? You know? I'm happy when I see people learning. It's not kosh, it means the Rosh Hashem is happy. He's happy, he's happy. When he sees what's going on here, he's happy. You're trying to break your head over and tell us he's happy. The Pasik says, all of his objects are not one. Yushami says, listen to this, all of the mitzvahs are not equal in some way to one level of one word of Torah. You have to understand what it means, but that will Chazal say. So Hashem loves this thing. This is his life. Rebosa, there's a lot to explain, but let me give you one quick word of explanation. We started a few minutes late. Let's say you wrote a book about economics in Indonesia. Okay? A sophisticated, deep book on that. Now, you can appreciate this is not going to be a bestseller. Right? Not too many people can understand economics, me included. Not that many people are interested in Indonesia. Not too many people are interested in the combination of those things. Yeah? Are we okay? It's not. You probably make more money, like my father says about his books, flipping burgers and McDees. Yeah? Okay. You write the book. It's published. You get on a plane six months later. And you see someone delving into your little work. What love and appreciation you would feel for him. You really want to know what I said? He's the one who bought it! That's the one! You're wondering, who's the one? You know, He's the one! Someone cares about what I wrote. Someone cares about my ideas. And not just he's reading, he's delving in. He's like asking Kasha, making marks, and trying. He doesn't just skip over what he doesn't understand it. He reads it over again, reads it over again. You feel love for that person. So, so we, it's so obvious when you think about it like this, is Hashem's mind, as much as we can understand. So when we try to understand this Torah, it makes Him so happy. So that's another thing to keep in mind, Rebosa. As we approach this new year, the more over this time, a lot of mafriyam, a lot of things bother and things we need to, right? You don't learn that much on Rosh Hashanah. It's very easy to get the, the, the whole time go by and not spend any time learning besides the exact official hours. 
Ooh, so, but that's not the way to go into the to go into our quest for life. Let's go in with Torah. Okay. So we'll see. There's just a few areas. Of course, there are many others. But each one of these four ideas we've mentioned is a game changer and will help. So let's remember remez. But let's remember to go into Rosh also full of life, full of Torah life, and full of plans for a year of Torah. Those who will be continuing yeshiva next month, and they'll know those who are leaving. Your time yeshiva teacher, be, attach yourself to learning. It could, be, it could be half an hour a day. That's your attachment. That's your Eitzachayim. And then Bezad Hashem, we, together with all Klai Yisrael, will be able in just a few days to truly say L'chaim. Go to